0: Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Well, we have a treat for you today. Today, we're going to sit down with Rick and Donna Fernandez, who are the directors of Teen Challenge Southeast Region. Women's home. And they have quite a testimony. They've not only lived through addictions and prison and childhoods that included abandonment by their father, but they have recovered from that. And they serve God today, ministering to other people who are going through the same type of situation that they've lived through. And so we sat down with them to hear how God restored their lives as individuals, but also how God has used their past to bring hope to their marriage, and how they continue to do that for the people they minister to who are in drug and alcohol addictions.
1: Rick and Donna, this is a thrill to have you here at our office and recording today because I have known you over 20 years at least at our church, and it has been awesome to get to know you, and uh, I'm thrilled to have you be able to do this today. So welcome.
2: Thank Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, Rick and Donna, we're glad that you're here with us, and we're glad you're going to take some time just to share your testimony and um, about what you do. So to start, would you tell us a little bit about Teen Challenge and what you do?
2: Well, uh, Teen Challenge is a faith-based recovery program for men, women, boys, and girls. And uh, here locally in uh, South Florida, we have an adult women's program. And the the reason for Teen Challenge is, is geared to work with people that are bound by drugs and alcohol and that are needing a a new life and that are needing to be free from addiction, you know, and and other life-controlling problems in their lives.
0: Well, Rick, let's start with you and tell us a little bit about your upbringing and where you came from. Have you been in South Florida your whole life?
2: No. You know, the funniest thing that you say that, uh, I, I really think I've been called to the South. I've been called to the South Bronx South Florida, and I've even been to South Africa. <laughs> so so God's used me in southern places. <laughs> but uh, I grew up in, I was born and raised in New York City. Uh, I was born in Manhattan, and I always tell people I was delivered to the Bronx. And um, growing up, you know, uh, without a father, my father was never in my life. Uh, matter of fact, he abandoned uh, me before I was even born. My mother has been taking care, you know, uh, four children. You know, I got, there's three boys and one, and one girl. And um, growing up, I really never had a mentor. I never had a, you know, that role model of a father to, to teach me, you know, to, to teach me, you know, how to grow up, you know. So, you know, I was always, you know, looking for acceptance. My mom remarried. And we had a stepdad, and uh, he was from Guatemala. and um his name is Marco. The reason why I'm sharing his name is because after so many years, we re- we reconnected wow. and uh, and he he's a Christian, wow. and he is he said he has been praying for my family, you know, so that's that's why I'm mentioning his name in case he's out there listening. But uh, he's the only father that I had, you know, the only role model. But as time went on, you know, I, I kind of away, went into the streets, got involved with the gangs, you know, in and out of jails and prisons. You know, at a young age, you know, I went to jail. When I was 16, came out two months later. Um, when I hit 17, I ended up going to prison, you know. So I really didn't have, you know, uh, people teaching me how to grow up and, and, and be a young man, you know. So I, instead I became a young hoodlum. And um, when I was uh, 14 years old, I accepted the Lord into my life. Things, you know, uh, didn't work out. I went through a program called Youth Challenge back in 1974. And then uh, I stayed there three and a half months. Um, I didn't graduate, but they, they made an impact in my life. And, and they share the love of Jesus, you know, and how to have a relationship versus a religion, You know, so I never forget that. So they really impacted my life. But, you know, I didn't finish the program. I left at three months in the program. And it took me 11 years to get back. And after those 11 years, you know, I've experienced everything that I I shared with you. Uh, You know, I went into Teen Challenge in 1986. And because I had a drug addiction of of cocaine, I was shooting up. I had close to $1,000 a day cocaine habit. But I was also selling the drugs, you know, and, and I was young. I was naive and, and the devil just just really took me down, you know. But in, in, in 1985, I got arrested and I ended up uh, connecting with some church people. So I, I always tell people, I says, I'm in debt to women for the rest of my life <laughs> because there was three women uh, from a church called House of Hope in Tampa that came into my life. And they ministered. One of them, especially, her name was Peggy. Peggy, uh, became my spiritual mother. And she had begun to, to really, you know, minister to me, even when she felt that she wanted to give up. God told her, hang in there a little bit more. And, and because of her and a lady by the name of Janet, uh, they came into my life. And, and, and before you know it, I ended up in Teen Challenge. And then at two and a half months in the program, I made a statement, I would never work in Teen Challenge because it was tough. Uh, the, the, the students did not have no respect for the staff, and I says, I, I, don't, I can't deal with something like that. But and then I turned around, and I was praying and fasting, and I asked God, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And he said, what I dreaded most, he says, I want you to work at Teen Challenge. And that was 32 years ago. In 1986, God called me to full-time ministry. Praise the
1: Lord. And, you know, I want to tell everybody that's listening, you may think this doesn't apply to you because you do not have children, you do not have teenagers. And I am saying stop and listen because there's many of you that end up going to your church and working with the junior high or the high school people or the young adults, and this could affect you to have wisdom and knowledge of what they're being tempted from the ages of 12 on up to alcohol and drugs and anything else. So this is not going to be maybe pertinent to your family, but it's pertinent for you and your ministry of while you're waiting for your husband or wife to come home, that you may have a ministry that you can help younger people or young young adults. And um, that's why I want you to always open yourself up to listening to these podcasts because God can speak to you throughout every different type of podcast. Amen.
0: Well, Donna, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and was it as adventurous as Rick's was or (laughs) (laughs) did you lead a quieter childhood? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite as adventurous. Um,
3: yeah, I grew up in a... Uh, my father died when I was seven. He was an alcoholic and developed cirrhosis of the liver, and I was the youngest of four children and the only girl, and, um, and so mom remarried. We moved south from New York to Florida, and, um, and eventually... Um, I wasn't getting along with my stepfather, and um, had an issue with with authority, and and uh, had a deep sense of abandonment. That was uh, my father my father dying, and I was his little princess. So, and that was gone. And so, when I was when I w- was 12, I started dabbling in in different things using. Um, using drugs, and I began, and it escalated. When I was 15, I I took my first shot of heroin and um, developed a habit. Eventually, I got to Teen Challenge. I'll I'll leave a lot of the history out, but eventually I got to Teen Challenge um, after some hurts. With uh, different, uh, even a church organization I was working with, I, you know, hurts in there, hurts with the authority there. So, but, um, but anyway, so at 29, I went into an adult teen challenge, and um, and it was there that God began a healing process in my life that I desperately needed.
0: When did you come to know the Lord?
3: Um, originally, when I was 14, I was from a Catholic family, so I first heard about the Lord and accepted Him when I was young. But really didn't get committed and plugged in finally till I was 29 when I came into Teen Challenge and committed my life back to the Lord.
1: How long were you there?
3: Well, um, I was in the program about 10 months um, before I graduated, and then I stayed on a staff. So that was in 1986. I came in. Now the you program. Were
1: still had not met Rick yet.
3: No, no. Oh, no, Yeah, there's a rule in teen challenge that, um, even if there's a men's and a women's teen challenge. <laughs> close by that um that you don't communicate because relationships are one of the things that can really hinder a person in their recovery unless of course you're married and then if you're married then there's things that have to be worked through and there has to you have to get some common ground but a little bit of healing first and and that separation is is good a lot of times
2: but she had high on me
0: (laughs) (laughs) she 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 was hopeful. (laughs) Yep. Hope starts here. So when when did you all meet and when did you get married? And were you fully recovered? Because both of you had been through addictions. And so when you met, where where were you at in your process of healing with the drugs and all of that?
2: Oh, I like to take this one. (laughs) Well, we we, we did meet in Teen Challenge. I went to Teen Challenge in Jacksonville, Florida. And then from there was back then it was the induction center, which is a four month program. And then they sent me to Muskegon, Michigan. That's where I graduated. Uh, and then after graduating, um, I I moved back to Florida. At that time, the Jacksonville center shut down, and they moved it to Winter Haven. And there they had a men's center and a women's center, separate. And Donna was going through the program at the time, and I became a staff. And uh, and then. She graduated, and uh, she had her eye on me. I know that. (laughs) And uh, God put us together. When I say God put it together, because before I went into the Teen Challenge, I was involved in a relationship, and uh, the devil basically brought this woman back into my life. And, you know, I just tried to figure out, you know, after we communicated, she she had made a statement that that she, when she saw me, she was still in love with me. So I turned around and I said, I'm not ready for a relationship. And then I called Donna up and I asked her, I need some advice. And Donna said, what kind of advice? And I said, my my ex-girlfriend called me and wants to get back together. And Donna said, why in the world are you calling me for? And she hung up. <laughs> then I knew that we were really, you know, that that God was trying to put this together. So, you know, I ended the relationship with the other girl for good, and then God began to do a work in my heart and Donna's heart. We, we believe in, in, in honoring our authorities, you know, and we wanted their blessing, you know. So after me and Donna for several months, you know, we talked, you know, and then I finally uh, asked her to marry me, and, uh, of course, she said yes.
0: <laughs>
2: I w- I'm a man of faith, and if I believe God is putting somebody in my life, Like Donna, then I'm going to fight for her. And then, you know, we waited, we prayed, we saw God's face, and before you know it, you know, I look at it this way. He didn't want to condone it, so God made him pay the price. He had to pay for my honeymoon for seven days. (laughs) What a And then we got married in 1988 of October. Wow.
3: You had asked a question, though, about when we did get together of— where we were at right. um, in our relationship and and i had a i came into the marriage with a lot of baggage okay. uh, from past relationships and and from and from my hurtful childhood even and
1: and Donna let me interrupt and say so do our people so do our people a lot of them have had family that has been separated divorce divorce is very popular of saying that their families were um, they went through a divorce as a child and wounding and feeling abandonment exactly issue and uh, and so they don't even know uh, a lot of them say they don't know do not know how to even argue or debate or have a, a communication with a husband or wife because all they saw was their parents yelling and fighting So what you have seen and what you left home, it's a lot of what our people have gone through and have been wounded. And what you're all saying is helping them understand that they have to be healed now, go through the process of healing totally. That's what we teach. Mm -hmm. So that they can be the husband or wife they need to be and pray for their spouse to be have the salvation come to their hearts and lives, and that they would deal with their baggage that they have, whatever it may be. But we have usually always one that is standing praying for for, um, for healing of their marriage. But a lot of times they've also had baggage from their childhood that they don't even realize is affecting what caused marriage problems.
3: Absolutely. I I had no idea of what I had inside of me, and really, I had a hatred towards men um, that uh, that was um, manifesting. And so, but you know, I was around women in Teen Challenge, and so and living with women in a women's home, and so all of this didn't come out. Some things did. I got some healing, but but um, those those uh, hurts came out. Um, that were about men when I got married and lived with my husband, and um, and I was independent. I was used to doing things my own way. I was spoiled. I was used to you know having my own way. And here I am with this um, with this man, and I'm still wanting my own way, and 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 didn't know anything about compromising in relationship and and all, and um, and so uh, I remember um, we were standing in front of a mirror um in in our little place downtown Fort Lauderdale and um and we were and we didn't have any girls at the crisis center at that point but it was me and him and um and I was I knew how to push his buttons you know and it was just something I did and um and so anyway he had a glass of milk with pound cake he used to put pound cake in his milk well, he still does sometimes. And mush, he calls it mush, and he had that glass of pound cake and milk, and um, and I was pushing his buttons, and so um, he had made um, a a um, a vow that he would never hit a woman again he did it one time and he he said i would never do that again so he had this glass in his hand and he threw it at me and i had and we were standing like i said the mush not the glass (laughs) (laughs) right the mush clarified and and i had mush all over me from uh, starting at my head all down my face and we just burst out laughing there in front of this mirror and broke the ice so it was quite funny but it was you know um God placed him in my life and told him to lo- just love her. And he didn't know who he was talking about at that time when God said that to him. And God does speak to people, by the way. Amen. But um, but anyway, at that moment, he said, oh, she's the one. <laughs> you know, love covers a multitude of sin. And he had to love me through some stuff, some really bad behavior and, and, and through some... Um, through till healing, because I had a lot, a lot of hurts in that excess baggage. And I, and we, so it's a working together thing. And so God did a lot of healing in my life and, and, um, and, uh, and through our marriage and through His support.
1: Well, that's what happened with Bob. I never had any idea what he had opened himself up to at a young age and teenage and, and then afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he looked fine on the outside when we married. And never realizing that there was a pornography and picking up women on the street. And I just never realized that. And he shares that in his books, but he didn't share that before we got married, or even after I got married, we did not I did not know till after a season of time when I saw these outbursts of anger and things that just we're just all new to me and uh, so a lot of times uh, dear your standards this is what you have to understand you have to pray for the Lord to reveal uh, what is causing the issues and the problems and the marriage problems seek the Lord because he knows both of your hearts totally and there's freedom in Jesus Christ it says in Galatians 5 1 and but we have to seek the Lord and he knows everything about you and everything about your husband. And uh, he will reveal it in ways you cannot even begin to imagine.
2: Yeah, and, you know, that's so true about the anger. You know, when I used to get really angry, I, we, live on, we live in a condo, small condo in, in, Fort, in Davie, Florida, and uh, we live on the third floor, you know. So when I get mad at her, whether she's right or wrong, you know, and I get real angry, I had to walk out. And I walk down the catwalk, you know, and and up and down, and I begin to pray and ask God to help me to deal with this situation instead of, you know, reacting, you know, because I made a promise that I would never. And it wasn't that I was an abusive person to women. It's just that I've been hurt by women, you know. A lot of times you hear the men, I mean, the women are are being hurt, but I was hurt, you know, in a relationship, you know, by a woman that not only, uh got involved in a relationship with other people, but she got in, in a relationship with my brother, and that hurt me a lot, you know? So that's why I reacted, you know? But I made that promise that I would never, ever do that again, and I haven't to this day. Have I wanted to? Man, there's times I wanted to. When I had that pound cake, I wanted to choke her. And it was at that moment, because God spoke to me, and he told me one day in of that when I came to visit, he said, he said, just love her, I said, just love her, and then he said it again, just love her. So I didn't understand. So when that that they happened, he looked, he, he saw my anger rising up, and he said, just love her. And I said, oh, she's the one, mm-hmm. you know. And and as my wife said, God does speak, you know. And it's you know, it's just learning to to love one another, to respect each other. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be in disagreement. Right. We disagree mm-hmm. constantly.
0: You're human. You're allowed. Yeah, Yeah. you know,
2: there's a scripture in the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter uh, five. It says, "Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands." in everything. Husbands, love your wives, and I say that again. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Let me read that one again. For this reason, A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You know, this scripture here was given to me in our marriage a long time ago. And I never forget it, you know, because just because it says we are the head of the the wife doesn't mean we lord it over them, you know. And and I'm not one, you know, to lord it over my wife, you know. My wife is is very intelligent. She's very smart. You know, I always tell people I'm smarter than her because (laughs) I married her, (laughs) you know. She's gifted in a lot of areas, you know, and it's okay for her to operate in those gifts. And I'm gifted in areas and she allows me to operate. So we both allow each other to be gifted and use our gifts in life. But two of the gifts that we, we need to have needs to be turned around. It says, husbands love your wife, wives respect your husband. Well it needs to be both ways. Where the wife needs to respect and love the husband and vice versa. Because we you know, we have to grow together. People watch you. We have a lot of students and they, they watch us. Mm-hmm. You know, they see that we're real. This might be time right there in front of the students. I might get mad mm-hmm. at my wife and she'll get mad at me. You know, we make peace. And that's another thing, learning how to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, the, if your your spouse is right or wrong, it does mm-hmm. not make no difference. Mm-hmm. Always try to make peace make it right. because that's how you're going to grow. Amen. That's how you're going to mature. And that's how you're going to learn how to communicate even better.
1: I must say, submit is one of the words that we use and that God told me that that whole passage of Ephesians was, I, I need to submit to my husband. And back years ago, not as much now. But back years ago, that was like an ugly word. Yes, and ma'am. and it was like fire if, if I would say, and when we were teaching this, that I submitted to my husband and how God put peace, if I would just listen to him and then we share and talk and decide and pray about making a decision. And we've got to take this Bible and mean it literally. And, you know, it, it is so important is that if we will surrender and submit to our husbands, or the husbands will love their wives unconditionally, even if they're not together, God will use that all those keys of that respect and submitting and communicating and honoring them and and so forth. It it just starts the building of a relationship that has been torn down by many different reasons, and you're so right on that.
2: Well, not only that, we, we need to submit to one another you know and and we need to honor one another and respect one another and love one another because if we don't do that then it's a one-sided relationship and it can't be positively
1: matthew 19 is one of my favorite scriptures it says matthew 19 verse 4 says haven't you read he replied and this is jesus um pharisees came to jesus and tested him and they asked is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason jesus replied haven't you read that at the beginning the creator made the male and female and said for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh so they are no longer two but one therefore what god has joined together let man not separate and instead the world has just run from any number of reasons, issues that you and I have talked about, that we can have disagreements and arguments, and we just don't walk out the door and say, I've had it. But we need to work through different things and communicate and and pray about everything, that we're not going to flee from our spouses. We're going to seek our spouses. We're cleaved. We're one flesh. We can't separate what God has joined together. And so this is so important is we need to learn what the Bible says, and apply it to our lives. It's so often hard that uh, we want to use an escape clause.
0: I'm sure with your childhood and what you all went through in your teen years and being in and out of jail, using drugs, there was a lot of people who thought that you two would never amount to anything. And God had different plans for both of you. And I think that's so encouraging because there is always hope. That's what we try to tell people that there is always hope for the most desperate situation, that they feel like my spouse is too far gone. Our situation is too bad. They're in jail. They're addicted to drugs. They've left me. They've fathered children with three other people, whatever the situation is. But there's always hope. And I think it's neat that your lives are living testimonies of that and that you're admitting. None of us are perfect, none of us this side of heaven are perfect, and I think that it's very easy on earth for us to look at other people and to judge where they're at in their life. Um, but did you, when you were first married and and you had been through this, you had both come to a relationship with the Lord, you were working together in ministry, where did you find healing from your past in your timeline how or does it still to this day do you find yourself? saying that's the old me and this is the new me or where did you see that change because i know that when people have been through a past that that is so different from their life once god's transformed it that sometimes we can find the enemy trying to slip in and to tempt us with things that are from that previous lifestyle and did you struggle with that early in your marriage
3: well um i think some of the the timelines where where healing took place um was Besides just a constant day to day, one thing is um, we both had a commitment that this thing was going to work. Yeah, and, and I, I wasn't going to yeah. walk out. Yeah, you know, even though and I wasn't going to let her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even though sometimes I may want to, yeah. but there, there was no question that a separation was not going to happen between us. But um, but I remember going to a family reunion and um, in which. Ricky accompanied me and I was able to be with some of my father's family who had long passed go passed on and um and God brought a, began bringing about a healing in me but he allowed that to happen by just being there with me and walking through it i actually got physically sick and and you know and it was just like a day thing yeah. but um but God brought that healing into me um that healing from that sense of abandonment I think healing comes many times to us, and it did for me, on on a day-to-day, yeah. just living life every day, and um, being able to address things when they come up, and having um, a little bit of understanding, even though it might have come out of an argument that yeah. you have, but then why did this happen, and, and being able to admit that oh, okay, this is what's happening, and, and I was wrong, and I want to make this work. And having that um, day-to-day thing, mm-hmm. I think, is really, you know, when we see the day-to-day and we get that little bit of growth and healing in our lives, then all of a sudden we look at ourselves and we'll be like, oh, my goodness, you know, this is gone. Yeah. It fell off.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's, you know, as far as healing goes. but Often we have our people say that, they talk to their spouses about different avenues and different reasons because of their children. And they then start seeing that they can communicate, they can laugh, they can joke about things, and they can start taking down the walls that they had built up in their lives or the get rid of the baggage that they've had uh, stored in their hearts and lives. And they are starting to see that they can be friends again and they can start relationships and start the process of building relationships and they're building their marriage back on the solid rock of Jesus Christ.
3: Right.
2: I'm not gonna say the devil didn't come try to tempt me, but it wasn't real strong because I like I shared before, I was I knew what I had to lose. Yeah. So my commitment, as Donna said, you know, we were committed. You know, we were gonna do this for the long haul. I've seen other relationships mess up. You know, I remember graduating the program. Graduating the program, and the day of my graduation, we had a chapel. And there was a a guy that that was a a leader, and he got involved with a girl, graduated Teen Challenge, both of them. But he got married, and, and he became abusive. He went back into his old ways. And that really broke my heart because I looked up to him. And I said, I don't ever want to do this. You know, if I ever meet somebody, I do not want, you know, to do that, you know. And so I I looked at him. There was another couple after coming to work for Teen Challenge that the guy turned around without getting the blessings. He eloped. You know, him and the girl, they took off and they eloped. You know, he came back and he was packing his bags. And I'm like, wow. You know, so I'm I'm seeing all these things that, are not good. and then I found out later on that they ended up having two kids, but he left them, you know. And so I looked at that as examples of what I don't want to do, you know. So I, I think you know I think I was ready, you know. It doesn't mean that you know we didn't have our little struggles seeing that, but I I think I was pretty much healed, you know, and I was ready to move forward and learn things, you know, and and work through my mistakes you know, because we, you know, we all had downfalls, you know, but, but get up and keep going, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've had a lot of people, you know, that matter, they said I was never going to make it Mm -hmm. and, and none of them are around. Yeah. And it's been, my wife and I, you know, since 88, we've been married and, and God is, you know, still working in our lives and a lot of healing has taken place. Mm -hmm. It's amazing
0: when you remove the, um, back door that you don't have options. So you focus on working on what's in front of you. So if, you know, when my husband and I got married, we said, listen, I've been through divorce. His parents were still married, but we said divorce will not be an option. So we have to figure out whenever we come into a problem, how to, to solve it. And with the girls that you work with that go through addictions, if they remove the option of going back to that lifestyle, then you realize I have to work what I'm working on right here. And so I think that's so important because so often we want to keep one foot in both worlds. You know, um, if a spouse reconciles and they think, Well, I'll try this and see if this marriage is going to work. Well, your your marriage will never work if you're just trying Exactly. It. You have to be fully committed and this is all I'm looking at. I'm not looking at any other option because this is all that will that will be God's for God's glory is this marriage.
2: Right. One thing that I want to say. You know, first of all, in a marriage, it has to be three. Yep. God, your spouse, and you, not your family. Mm-hmm. You know, like my wife and I, we're married, and, you know, she never ran to her mom, you know, and, and I never ran to my mom or families. You know, we we got we had our problems. We sorted them out. We worked through them, and we kept going, yep. number one. Number two, you can't walk with God and hold hands with the devil because you're going to be led astray. There's hope for people. It's a scripture that we live by, Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And we take those scriptures and we apply them to our lives and we also, you know, share them with our students, you know, in the hopes that they will make that uh, their prayer in life you know, and live by it.
1: With Bob and I, the first year uh, we got married, I never saw him get angry or mad or have any or touched me at all before we got married until after we got married. And it was like the first week and the second week. Of, and I became the abused wife. And I never thought it would happen. I thought he threw a uh, even a lamp uh, against the wall. And it stunned me, frightened me, and everything else. So I went back to my parents, and I told them, I said, I've never seen you guys fight like this ever and not even raise your voices. You always sat down and discussed everything. And I said, I think I have to leave this marriage. I am I don't know what I'm going to do. And my mother said, you got married in church, made a wedding vow, and this is your covenant marriage. But you have got to turn to the Lord, and you have got to seek Him to get through this like never before, Charlene. And we will be praying for you. I knew God. I went to church, but I did not have that personal relationship with the Lord. And from there on, she directed me back to the Word, back to the Lord, and that was the greatest thing she could have done, because they didn't ask me what's going on each week and all of that. But she just knew that, um, and then ended up very three and a half years later after, uh, Tim was just born and he was 18 months old. She, she developed cancer and died, um, at 54 years old. So I had to have the Lord as my rock with all of that. And I did because of what she said to me at three and a half years before. Jesus is the answer and he is going to be your rock through this. And God showed me that Bob had triggers, and, and then we found out that I found about his past. So God can turn anything around to good, but we have to go to the Lord for everything. We teach right now, we do not agree with abuse at all, but you can live in that situation if you put the Lord in the middle of it. But if you feel danger at all, then you need to have a suitcase in your trunk of your car, always, and you need to be able to uh, flee at any moment.
0: A lot of people that contact us are dealing with spouses who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, and it's a very challenging marriage to be in. It's very challenging to work together as co-parents if they're separated or divorced at that time. And so I wanted to see if you had um, an example of some students that have come through your program um, through Teen Challenge that have gained victory over the drug and alcohol abuse and then seen a victory in their marriage? Uh, well, one I can think
3: of right offhand is Amanda and John. Um, they, um, they came to us, well, she came to us, and uh, she was separated at that time, but she was, she was a mess, and um, her pastor and her parents – all pointed the way to Teen Challenge, and she had been in, uh, in a horrific um, automobile accident and, um, but survived. She got to us, three children and, and um, a separated spouse later. She got to us, and she began the journey of looking for restoration and healing in her life, and that came um, eventually— um, she had some um, she had some struggles along the way, but her her husband came back into the picture and they began um, a process of healing in their marriage and he was he was one that he wanted to be with his wife, but she was out running around doing her thing and which was not a good thing she was uh, addicted to drugs and she was um, in and out of relationships and um, but anyway, um, eventually, that um, they closed the door on her because she tried to leave our program. Each her, her parents closed the door. Her, her uh, separated husband closed the door because she was trying to manipulate her way back in. But today, their, their marriage is restored, the, and they did some. Uh, uh, getting to know each other the first year and went through some rocky times, but they um, they're on solid ground and um, one of the big things is that both of them are plugged into church. Great. They're committed to each other. There was a little bit of a, um, a codependent relationship and with her and her dad and she could and she could go home when there was struggles between her and her husband, but um, that stopped advice was given. And, um, and so they were able to, uh, work through their problems because she stayed in her problem and, and, and faced it and they faced it together and they worked through it. And that willingness to do that is a, is a big deal. You have to have a willingness to work through and not run out. We have to take off our running shoes, so to speak. (laughs) And um, so anyway, and um, they're doing well. They visited us last weekend and, and um, all three kids and, um, and, and, they're 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 John's kids, just like they're Amanda's kids, and um, the, he wasn't their birth parent uh, for, for two of them. But um, but anyway, they call him Dad, and and they have a they have a good growing
0: marriage. That's great,
1: Rick. You've always talked about um, mentioning principles that you work with your girls of learning things and keys to um, all the victories of going through the process of Teen Challenge. Can you give two or three ideas or principles to a person um, that has a child that is into drugs or uh, a spouse? What are some keys that they can work well, with?
2: One of the principles is that we can love someone, but it's very bad to enable them. And, and you, have to, you have to take a stand You know, to the point where you have to push them away for a season, then you back off, you know, because enabling, you can do more harm, you know, to a person, you know, you say you love them, you care for them. First of all, we're not God to people. So enabling is very dangerous and it happens quite a bit. So the more we enable, the more we, we, we cause problems. If you can't help them, Then you have to turn them over. First of all, to the Lord, you pray and get as many people praying as you can, and pray that whatever it takes, let it come to pass. So enabling is 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 a big no no in people's lives. Another thing is you have to seek out, you know, counsel for them. For example, you know, some people need a program, some don't. If you went one round, two rounds, three rounds with a person, they need a program. You have plenty of programs around, you know, to help with a counseling, long-term program. Teen Challenge, it's it's a good program, you know, to reach out to people. You know, it's long-term, but that's another thing. Once you put somebody in the program, don't get so caught up in missing them to the point that they're going to manipulate you to leave. You got to put your foot down no matter what it takes. You know, some people might be on probation and and they don't want to go to jail. You know, but six months in the program, our program is a 12-month residential program, minimum of 12 months. You know, sometimes families, you know, they have kids. You know, remember this. They weren't thinking about the kids when they were out there and they're using drugs. So now they're in a program where they're clean and all of a sudden they're thinking about kids. It's good that they're thinking about the kids, but don't let them manipulate. And that's another thing. That's number two, don't let them manipulate. If you can't take care of them, then find somebody that can help you and then turn them over to them and back off and cut the cord. Because if you don't cut the cord, you're gonna stay attached to them and it's gonna get worse. Amen. And also, there are churches now
1: that have Celebrate Recovery, and that is a very good um, backup after Teen Challenge, or Rick said that not everyone needs Teen Challenge, then go to your churches and call up the variety of churches in your town, and there's going to be at least one or two, if not many, that have Celebrate Recovery in your church that you can join, and it will definitely help. And also, it will help the person involved in the drugs, but it's also going to help you as a person that is having to live through this with their children and so forth, family life. Let me, let me also
2: share that. You know, when a person, if, if you put a person in a program, there's plenty of programs out there to help, you know. And, you know, we, we recommend, you know, Teen Challenge because we know what it did for us. I'm I'm what you call Mr. Teen Challenge. I'm Teen (laughs) Challenge for life, you know. And if you want to get in touch with us, we have a women's program. One of the things that you got to remember, do not always think that having them close by is good. Sometimes that's bad. If you got to send them away four or five hours, you know, put them on a plane and send them somewhere, do it. Because sometimes them being away, you know, will help them not be tempted in that community amen and
1: the other thought that i had here as i'm listening to this is the lord reminded me of jim Simbola, who is the pastor of brooklyn tabernacle church in new york city and his daughter got on drugs and got involved and um, they had tough love and and prayed for her for over two years and uh, they really, as a church, prayed for her to, to be delivered and set free. And look up his story. They've written books, and she's shared her testimony on many radio programs. But you will see the victory of someone that was in church and involved in in ministry with her father. and uh, And God touched and changed her and delivered her. But he had to use tough love also somewhere through it, and you will hear his story and her story of, of victory.
3: I was thinking in, in Philemon, there's a scripture that I've heard of some, oh, some of our married ladies use, and, um, and it says, perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. And, um, and sometimes a little separation is not bad. It's not the end. It's what happens during that separation time. Um, you as a spouse might be, or as a parent might be, uh, Keeping in prayer and, and keep, and keeping around, uh, supportive individuals, even if it's one person. Um, but, but allowing that person to get the help they need is so important. I think, uh, guilt if for, for both spouses and parents plays, a, a big role in hindering people from getting help. Guilt. Um, because when people operate in guilt, um, they, uh, they don't allow the process that needs to take place to take place. And the process that needs to take place is that person that needs help, admitting they need help, um, getting into some a, a real, a relationship of accountability with someone, having someone that can speak truth into their lives, um, whether it's in a Celebrate Recovery group or in a program. So, or in a counseling session, there's so many different avenues for, for help for people. But, but, um, it's so important that that little bit of time and separation uh, is allowed to bring back a fruitful and healthy relationship and a person that is willing to surrender and, um, and get in there and fight the battle with you.
1: God gave me Philemon back when I was standing when Bob was gone for two and a half years. That was one of my Rhema words. And uh, when you said that, I go, oh, that's what the Lord told me. He's gone for a season, but that is so uh, neat. You've heard so much today, and you have probably not ever heard maybe all of this about people that have gone through addictions or the baggage they have in their past and then getting married and not realizing what they've had in their past comes into a marriage, becoming one flesh. So I pray that this is going to help not only you, but friends of yours at church, or people that have marriage problems, that you're gonna use this wisdom in many different areas, especially for the children that are the victims to this of going through having a mom and a dad go through trials and tribulations with drugs or alcohol. So we just hope this is going to encourage you for not only yourself, but for family members and for coworkers, and you can tell them to go to this website and hear it. And uh, we just pray you will pray for all the people. We always tell you, pray for the other men and women that are going through marriage problems, and this is something that you can add on, is to pray for all the ones that are battling alcohol or drug addiction, because they need our prayers all around the world. And Rick, we're thrilled, and Donna, that you've been so transparent today, sharing your story, victories, and now that you're servants to the Lord at Team Challenge, because I've known you for many years, and I see the fruit of it. And with Amanda and her testimony, and you seeing her just so recently, you are reaping the results and see the fruit, and what a blessing that is. So you have been a blessing to us to have this for so many people in the future, and we just give you the praise and the glory of what God is going to do and, um, and help people around the world. It's international, so you can get, like he said, Teen Challenge, or you can find another type of a facility like that. Um, Rick, would you close with prayer?
2: Sure. Before I close, I'd like to share, uh, if there's anybody out there you know, that needs help, and this is a program for adult women, but we do have other programs for men, women, boys, and girls, we want you to know that we're here to serve. So, if you know someone that needs a program, you know, just give us a call, and we'll do what we can to, you know, help them. And uh, don't don't be afraid to to push someone our way because they need help. You know, remember, drugs is not only affecting the drug addict, or alcohol is not only affecting the addict, the alcoholic. They're affecting families and communities. So together, we can make a difference. So let's partner together, and uh, I think my wife is going to share the the website.
3: Daviewomensrehab.com. Davie, as D-A-V-I-E, womensrehab.com. And there is life after addiction. You don't have to wear the label. I'm once I'm an addict, I'm always an addict. So there's there's freedom in life after
2: addiction. Galatians five one. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. And First uh, Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and all things, not just some, all things become new. God bless you, and I hope that you would allow us to put hope within reach. Father, we come before you right now, and we thank you for this opportunity. Father, we pray that your spirit, God, would take this message throughout the world, God. And Lord, that people will be delivered, people will be strengthened, and that people will realize that there is hope, God. God, if you can set me and Donna free, God, and, and put hope within our reach, we know that you can put hope within their reach. And there'd be anyone out there, Father, needing to, to be delivered, set free from addiction, God, that you would just put it on their hearts to cry out, first of all, to you, and that you would make a way for them to get the help that they need. And we ask that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast.